I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I used to run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. Uh, oh, I mean, got updated. And I have read the fifth element. Well, I have just learned some fucking knowledge. <laughs> Till I'm back where my brother went. That's what the, my team will say right above my government. Dumoulin. Dumoulin. Come on then, spill the tizzy. He, he, oh, he purposely just, kept this away from me. What's the tea, nah, I my just, bro? I just, I just, I don't think I'm gonna come back. I don't think I'm gonna come back. And I, I haven't been tweeting in a long time, and I, I really don't feel the vibes. And I think it's gonna be month, many, many months, if ever, that I come back to hip hop numbers. So you know, I just thought I, I just thought I'd put it out there and just let everyone know. It's, it's um. It might just it might just fall into disrepair. Hip hop numbers. It might just sit there as a as a testament to another time. <laughs> so is it is this a is this a worldwide exclusive? Yeah, I've never I haven't told anyone this. So Charlie and uh, our podcast listeners get to discover this. Damn you know. son, where'd you find this? <laughs> that is a that is a heat drop though. When that whenever that comes in, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I don't know who did that drop, but it's fire. Yeah, damn son. Okay, right, all right, all right, cool. I mean, I, I mean, I've known you know for a minute that you were thinking about it, and obviously, people who were just who are just like still to this day requesting stuff and tagging you in uh, stupid opinions and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I've I, I've kn- I've known that you've been thinking about it for a minute. So well, uh, you know. So, but it's good that you're not saying never, but um, but it's, it's good that you are trying to you know stick a fork in something and you know keep it moving and uh, you know whatever happens happens in the future but uh, you know that's good that's good stuff Thank you. hi ben how's your week been and what have you missed this week uh this week i did listen to the conway and big ghost ltd project it was only on youtube which oh, so it dropped then it did drop <laughs> it did drop it did drop okay youtube though okay. youtube i assume it's on Bandcamp uh or soundcloud uh ah. yeah so i listened to it on youtube i got youtube premium charlie and i were talking about youtube premium off air and i i rate it so highly i don't know if you guys use it if you've tried it before boy it is just because the ads are such a vibe killer man like now that i've oh, got gosh. it it's just wild like i'm hanging out with my friend and we're listening to like we're trying to vibe to music and then the kfc ad comes on and the mcdonald's ad comes it's like fuck off man I just want to <laughs> listen to janelle monet in peace like leave us alone <laughs> But yeah, so and I you know you know it's worse because we used to have like YouTube when it was like, you know, one or two ads, you know, before every video. You well know that's what I mean? the thing. Now it's just like in the middle of the thing. I know. It's like, oh <clears throat> it's just depressing. In the in the old days it Worth was so streams. much it was so much better. But anyway, I, I did listen to this on YouTube Premium, which was great. So I feel like Conway is really starting to excel in a whole different direction. Like, you know, when I used to compare him to Benny and West Side Gun, I feel like Conway's just gone in a different direction now. Like, the final two tracks on this album really hit that home for me, like how diverse and expansive his content has become. Because on Red Beams, he's absolutely merciless, right? He's threatening someone who cooperated with the police with 
you know, ultra violence against this person's young family. And it's, it's a pretty difficult listen. He sounds really menacing on that song. But the very next track, he's not expressing remorse, but he's really dipping deep into an emotional space, revealing that he suffers greatly from paranoia and depression, you know, due to the things he's seen and experienced. And he's talking about his shooting, how that affected him and how he self-medicates because he feels like he can't open up to the people around him. It's a very affecting and evocative end. Like, you know, this is, I guess it's, it's not his major label thing. Like he's still got his shady album to come. I heard him on the Joe Budden podcast and, you know, he's still got that to come. So I figured he would kind of save all this, you know, A-side material for that. But he obviously just has so much great music and so much great content that he can just put it out on, on stuff like this. And I think prior to those two songs, he's just, he sounds similar. He's in supreme form, like complex rhyme schemes, really beginning to establish himself as one of the most technically proficient rappers in the game. And it's a really good project. It's definitely not his best. Uh, I think the production is solid without having that special sprinkle that like Derringer or Alchemist would give it. But it's good. It's it's really worth a listen. And, you know, if you're a Griselda fan, it's a must listen. Uh, I also listened to Subconsciously by Black Coffee. I actually sport, expected this album to be a little bit different, but I don't really know why. Because I think it's it's pretty firmly in the house genre. But the opening few tracks had these ambient stretches towards the end. And I thought it might kind of culminate in a bit of an electronic jam session. But it gets tighter and more free-flowing towards the end. Um... The only song I didn't really enjoy on this was the Pharrell one, but that's because maybe I'm getting a little bit fatigued with Pharrell. I don't know why, like he's singing maybe, like I like it when he raps, but maybe I'm getting a bit fatigued. He doesn't even put that much music out, but maybe I've just been listening to a lot of his music on shuffle and that's why. But I think on the whole, this album is, is quite delicate and it's certainly more nuanced and complex than the general house album, which pretty much just whispers bland platitudes and uh, horoscope level insights over the same beat for basically the last 10 years. I mean, that's kind of like what house is these days, but this is different. And I think if you like house music and you're tired of being pandered to, then this is definitely something that you should check out. Uh, Devin the Dude, Soulful Distance. So 992 was when Devin the Dude came into the game. And since then, he has been one of the most consistent rappers. Like genuinely, this is his 20th project and he's at the age of 51. But he sounds like he's 25 on here. He sounds fresh, relevant, but he sounds knowledgeable. Like he has that that calmness and that that time and space of age, you know. And I want to salute him for spending basically his entire career in the underground. Because it's not that many artists, I feel, that can sit in this space for 29 years and keep putting out product at the top of his game, like the top of his lyrical and, you know, conceptual game. Because his highest charting album was Waiting to Inhale, which only went number 30. He has no Hot 100 entries, right? But he's collabed with Ice Cube, Scarface, Too Short, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, UGK, Jay-Z, Lil Jon, Cool G Rap, David Banner, Alchemist, The Roots, Paul Wall, Chameleonette, Juvenile, Big Boy, Bizarre, Twister, Rick Ross, Gucci Mane, E-40, Currency, Big Crit, Tech 9 Jeezy, Smoke Dizza, 50 Cent, Asher Roth, B.O.B., Cameron, Wiz Khalifa. That's insane. The range there is wild. And yeah, I think it's obviously testament to the trust capital he has in the industry. And this album is very smooth. You know, I, I felt like the first track was not great. And I was like, oh, what direction is he going here? You know, it was like this crooning kind of thing. 
but after that man it was just it was great it was really really good and I enjoyed it a lot like it, he really combines and he's he's done this I guess his whole career that west coast production feel with the the Texas delivery you know he has that down south delivery but it feels like Bay Area kind of beats or maybe even like LA kind of beats and it was a, it was a really good project man I, I really enjoyed that and then finally we get to the best album of the week I mean it couldn't really be anything but this Soldier World by Soldier Boy it's amazing. I mean, it's it's one of the greatest pieces of standalone art I've heard in a long time, like the last couple of days at least. I feel like it sits really comfortably in a discography that now spans 85 projects in which there isn't a solitary project below an 8.5 out of 10. You know, that's the kind of consistency you can set your watch to. It's just perfect. Soldier Boy remains at the cutting edge of hip-hop too. You know, he pushes it around like a shopping cart into like unknown and, and thus far uncharted oh. territory with a bravery worthy of any honor a military leader would receive in the field. And unfortunately, I feel like, and, and Charlie's obviously, this is the other side of it. You know, like almost all his previous work, I, I think it will be years before the listening public can actually acknowledge what he's accomplished here with Soldier World. <laughs> And whether that's because of the complexity of this project, uh, maybe it will take too long to unpack. Maybe people are just haters. I don't know. But I really just hope that despite Charlie's laughter, that Soldier keeps dropping for us and doesn't get deterred by the this lukewarm response. Because in the end, the listeners, the listeners are the ones that are the lucky ones. We're the ones that are going to win uh-huh. if he continues to drop music. Okay. And so I hope he continues in that. That, that vein so yeah that's what i got into what about uh, yourself charlie i i i must i must applaud you for your just grade a sh- meme shithousery like just two wonderful minutes no breakage or nothing just just perfect you try to, to knock me off track one, but i i will not be deterred outstanding when, when soldier boy i will not be deviating i assume you listened to it how did you feel about it wonderful. what did you think <laughs> I didn't pop up on your radar. It slipped me by, man. It slipped by me. Don't know how. Yeah, but, that um, new music yeah. Why am post. I going into this? Like, don't, don't drag me into this. <laughs> don't drag me into this. I'm not. Right, I'm, not right. I'm not here for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I started off my week uh, with uh, pseudo intellectuals only built for food and drinks. See, see how see how they did that. Nice. Um, yeah, this is a real uh, interesting interesting uh, little album right here. Uh, a lot of uh, as you can imagine, food and drink references, which is uh, quite cool and very creative. Um, I will say there were a couple of tracks that sounded like <clears throat> um, it sounded like the beat and the vocals were just like fighting each other for supremacy in like the mix, so to speak. Um, they just all sound they, they they started to blend together in some parts. And I was just like, I don't know, like <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't know. It just it just it just came off a bit odd. But that was only for a few tracks, not all of them. Um, which, while I say that, is, it makes the album pretty consistent uh, from a sound perspective. But uh, bars wise, performance wise, yeah, solid. Um, solidly enjoy it. Solidly enjoy it. Uh, if you're here for them food and drink references, um, you know, go for it. Uh, Frank Knight and Chuck Lowane, uh, Slim and Mickens. Uh, this was um I kind of the, the the album cover came through with like you know big black exploitation vibes and if anyone knows me I know I they know I rate that kind of that rate that kind of imagery uh totally here for that um 
I won't say, I will say on the concept front, I was left a little bit wanting. Um, I feel like they could have done, they could have taken that particular concept uh, way further than they did. Like they had one track called Pam Greer and that was cool, but it kind of, I don't know, just kind of drifted away to just general stuff. Um, but, you know, apart from that, uh, it's a solid album, can't can't complain. Uh, Chuck Lorraine's uh, did m- I think the majority of production on there, and uh, Frank Nye was obviously on the on the, on the mech. Uh, but Chuck Lorraine comes in on some uh, on some on some cool bars as well. So you know, little du- dual threat right there. But um, yeah, little disappointed on the uh, on the on the concept front. I feel like I I personally just wanted a bit more from that uh, from just especially from the imagery. Just really really rate that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, apart from that, solid solid album this day. Uh, Fredo, money can't buy happiness. Hey. If money talks, um, yeah. Uh, oh, there's this. Uh, he has. He has. What? No, 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 hold up. Hold right, up. I'm right, right, just, right, trying right. to get my words together. Calm right, down. I apologize. Right, it's fine. Um, well, okay. I won't say I rate it as high as Ben did. Uh, he beat. I think you said it was like your favorite album so far yeah, this it's year. Still, um, apart I won't from go that. Oh. <laughs> Shut fuck up. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let it die. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I won't say it's on that level for me. Uh, it's not my favorite album of the year so far, but um, you know, it's, it's a real good listen. There's some real, some just solid, you know, blistering, just cold, hard uh, realism yeah. to it. Uh, that first track, obviously, uh, the mistake, uh, mistakes made, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, it talks about like being in jail with Dave's brother and stuff like that. It's just real hard hitting shit. Real hard hitting shit. Um, you know, there's some cool tracks on here. Obviously that uh, Fuji's uh, sample with that uh, Summer Walker track. Bangs! Mm. Uh, can't go wrong with that kind of with a sample like that. Slaps. Money Talks is a banger. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I feel like uh, in the middle, it kind of, uh, I kind of just, it gets into like a, you know, uh, just generic Frodo stuff, which, you know, is what it is. But uh, the last track, you know, about like uh, talking about, uh, uh, I forgot I forgot the dude's name who died. Um, he, he's come through with that one. That's very heartfelt. Um, that's very real. So, yeah, man, it's it's, it's a real, uh, it's a real fascinating album to listen to. I will say that. It's a, it's a real fascinating one. The production is super clean, uh, real good, and some decent features on there as well. So I can't compare. <laughs> Mine can't buy happiness, but it can... It, it it can it can buy um, a good opinion from me, but uh, okay. I'm doing this for free. So okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were for <laughs> sale, but uh, now we put it out. Where I was going with that. Cash app Charlie <laughs> for review, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll start that paper link. Um, chip, uh, snakes and ladders. Um, while the album's cool, um, there is one interlude track that I firmly skipped i was i think chip was singing on that and i was just like nope um and he, there's one track which is an absolute cheat code that has jamie and dizzy rascal on one track like you can't there's there's no possible failure for that track no. to, to not be heat it's called ignite for fuck's sake and they yeah. literally uh they literally spit over um this uh little like sound bite which goes fire just after every bar it's just oh, it's fucking heat um so that tracks like that you just can't go wrong but overall, with Chip for me, I feel that there's always this thing where like he's and you know he's he's the guy that is known for literally not running out of bars. He's that guy where like if you want bars, you go to Chip. Like he will never run out of bars. That's what people say. That's what, that's always the uh, the tagline that people give Chip. Never runs out of bars. While that's fact, the bars 
um, can seem like he's just doing it just to do it. You know what I mean? Like some 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 tracks, he's like, he sounds like mad hungry and he's like cu- coming for throat stuff like that. You know, killer MC stuff like that. You know, it's real good, real good shit. But there's just like tracks in the middle of all of that where it's just like, um, it's just Chip just doing a track. Like it's just it, he doesn't sound. He just sounds comfortable. Um, and and I don't really. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not really into that. Um, especially when it comes to Chip, I feel like excuse me. I feel like for a guy that's been in it for so long, like you know, I can understand if you lose hunger, right? You know, decides to do do that. But I'm sure Chip not, is not one of those. But for some tracks, it comes across as that sometimes, and that's kind of why I don't um, listen to him as often as most people because I just like feel okay. These bars are cool, but your inflections make it. Um, it just doesn't sound cocky. It just sounds like. I'm just doing this for whatever, you know what I mean? I'm just doing it just to do it. And I'm just like, okay, right, well, I'll listen just to listen, but <laughs> apart from that. Uh, but yeah, you know, the album itself is cool. Some good variety on there. Uh, a couple of, um, a couple of, uh, uh, I, f- I, f- I forget the uh, particular genre, subgenre of uh, uh, Jamaican music I'm trying to think of. But uh, anyway, Jamaican stuff, let's just keep it <laughs> super bland like that. Uh, SBK, Uphill Struggle EP. Um, SBK uh, bringing grime back. Um, I'm I'm saying that you know a little facetiously, but um, yep, yeah, there's some good grime on here, uh, real grime vibes. There's uh, some real decent tracks. Uh, the last two tracks that come across very um, introspectively. You know, uphill struggle. You know, kind of you know, does that, that you can imagine what that uh, what the commentary is about. Uh, but you know, the tracks beforehand um, are just like super energetic, real p- clean, hard hitting beats, just like knocking you in the face with those. Um, and the lyrics, lyrics are just so clean. Like he reminds me of like um, Skepta a little, um, just a little bit, um, and uh, and another one. But uh, yeah, he, but regardless of that, he still has his unique voice, and uh, you know he's, he has some good flows. So uh, shout to SBK. Um, and uh, I think it's Nike, 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 and it's N A I K E K E. So yeah, Nike, Nike, Nike. <laughs> I'm butchering, uh, but the uh, the the EP is called King's Drive. Um, oh, first track, boom, fucking um, uh, garage track. Love it here for it. Um, he has this um, in- but past that he has this real interesting mix of like uh, drill elements, rap elements, uh, grime elements, uh, and a couple of uh, garage tracks here and there. I think he samples like a. Uh, Georgia Smith on one track, which is really nice. Um, it says on his bio that he's a uh, born and raised in UK, but he's currently best in Chicago. Um, and that kind of, that, uh, I can see that. I can see that it, it really comes across as that, uh, where you know it's firm London sounds or firm UK sounds, but there's just a little bit, a little bit of a uh, US influence in a couple of those, couple of those beats. You know what I mean? So uh, you know, it's a, it's a good mix. It's a real good mix. What I will say as a minor critique is that. Um, his ability to stay in pocket um, <laughs> goes really off the wayside sometimes, and it's a little bit jarring. Um, you know, I know there's, you know, there's plenty of rappers that try that do that. You know, we're literally just about to talk about one of them. Um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't it didn't hit on some of those. Uh, you know, you know when they just rap just over the beat, and it's just, ugh, ah, yeah. Sometimes it didn't work on that front, but that's apart from that, real good stuff. Real good stuff. Solid EP. Um, all right. Let's just jump right in to topic of this episode, part two of our MF Doom uh, retrospective. And for this episode, we're going into 
a fuck ton of his uh, collaboration work, and I say that exasper- <laughs> I say that a little exhaustively uh, because th- th- there is a fuck ton of them, and you know we didn't even pick them all, obviously, because there are plenty more. Um, but yeah, we we we've we're gonna go through a few, so uh, we have no time to waste. Ben, to the to the Ben Copter. What have we got? Alright, well, you know, last week I said that we didn't really talk about his early life, so I'll just run through that quickly, because it's very fascinating and it's quite, it's rough, man. Some of the stuff he went through is rough. So, MF Doom was born Daniel Dumoulin in 1971, and he was just 49 when he tragically passed away. He is English, and he was born in London, although he moved to Long Island when he was six months old, but he never became an American citizen. And now that's something that definitely impacted him later in life when he was banned from the U.S., after he completed a tour in Europe. Uh, he was considered to be living in the U.S. unlawfully, and since he wasn't a U.S. citizen, he ended up going back to the U.K., and that cut him off from his wife and kids, and it was two years he was stuck in the U.K. before he would actually pr- be properly reunited with them. He was never allowed back to live in the U.S. So tragedy is definitely an undertone in Dumoulin's life. His brother, Subrock, was tragically killed in a car accident in 1993, and that spawned a period where Dumoulin exiled himself from mainstream society. Uh, He was living rough. He was bouncing from couch to couch. In his own words, he said he slept on benches. You know, he rarely talks about it in in rhyme, but I think I spoke about there was some stuff on, I forget what album it was last week when I was talking about it, and just he he did give a few bars on that you know period of his life but it's it's rare that he really raps about it well that i've heard anyway there might be something i'm missing but um but there's more tragedy to come in december 2017 uh and this is this is bad dumoulin announced that his 14 year old son had passed away and it's just unbelievable that dumoulin was still standing after all this hardship and then to tragically lose his own life so young. To be fair, it's one of the worst backstories I've ever heard. Like, it is one of the worst and one of the most challenging backstories. Um, and rest in peace to everyone I just mentioned because there's just too many people in that in that three paragraphs. Uh, so Dumley, I'll, I'll start with just talk about his um, his career, early career. He, he popped up for the first time on a major track with the song Gas Face by Third Bass, which is a great song. It's actually very interesting. I, I really enjoy Gasface. Uh, he was unmasked and he was going by the moniker Zevlov X. And last week I actually said Zevlov X was just his rapper moniker, but uh, Dumoulin said that uh, in an interview that it was a fully-fledged character. So it was part of the, the Doom world, the Dumoulin world. Uh, it was just someone who was maskless, obviously, and, and quite cheeky and comedic. And Gasface is like a really legendary posse cut. And He's spitting these like intricate bars. You know, 1989, this came out. And like listening to him, I'm getting like Slick Rick and Rakim vibes. You know, he was on that kind of time really early. And via that guest verse, he pivoted into a record deal for his collective KMD, which is a group that formed in 1990, uh, sorry, 1988, when Dumoulin was only 17 years old. And it's an acronym for either causing much damage or a positive cause in a much damaged society. And whilst it began as a trio uh, with Dumoulin as Zevlovex, Subrock, his brother, and Rodan, Rodan would leave the group, and uh, that was before they signed to a lecturer, and then they would bring Onyx, the birthstone kid, into the fold. 
So the influences back then was mainly from comedians. Uh, Dumoulin said like Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, Annie Murphy, uh, Saturday Night Live, Benny Hill, Richard Pryor. And he said that about the crew in interviews, he basically said that if you were a bunch of people hanging out with each other and doing stuff back then, you were considered a group or a crew. And they started with graffiti and breakdancing. So they, they, they really got into those five elements of hip hop, you know, and then they progressed into more formal rapping. But it was Dumoulin who really was the, the driving force behind all that. And it was his background of DJing and comic book collection that came in handy during this period because KMD handled almost all production duties alone on their debut album, Mr. Hood. And it began this technique of creating a character via the skits and samples because the Mr. Hood persona developed and grew as the album progressed. And, you know, Dumoulin was typically vast when he was rapping his lyrical, you know, he's just all over the place. He, he just raps about everything, you know, it's just this total straight stream of consciousness. Um, but there was actually a lot of deep imagery on that debut album. And I would say that in part comes from Dumoulin and Subrock being raised religiously, as well as having a father who, in Dumoulin's words, taught his young family about, you know, the importance of Marcus Garvey and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You know, Dumoulin felt himself felt like he had a responsibility to kind of teach people the way he was taught. And these are all, you know, these are all things that he said in interviews. And uh, they doubled down on this. This is the interesting thing. They really doubled down on this on their second album. But it got shelved because of the cover-up. And Dumoulin said that the, he felt like the label couldn't market it. So they just dismissed it as not worth putting out. Which is typical of a fucking major label around this time. They had very few morals or understanding of, you know, this kind of stuff. Like, I'm not going to talk too much. If you want to, like, know about the, the cover and all that stuff, Google it. It's a whole thing. It's very interesting to read about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was the perfect storm that sent Dumoulin into a spiral. He left the game from 1994 to 1997. This is a man with a major label deal, and he was very, very talented. Obviously, he could produce, he could rap. This was a massive time, man. He was on a, a track with Third Base. They, were, they had this second album coming out, and then for three years, he just went off, off the grid. And uh, he, he said he was incredibly broke, and that actually allowed him a new perspective on life. And one that he brought when he returned from exile and began working as MF Doom. And so um, I guess we're going to talk about the collaborative stuff this week. I just wanted to give like a background because we really only talked about the, the, the comic book world that he created last week. But just on regards to the collaboration and his collaborative spirit, I'll just say some of the stuff he said. He says, I don't really base collaborations on whether the person is well known or whether they have a lot of money. If the music doesn't sound right, then it doesn't feel right. It's about something else. There has to be chemistry there. It needs to be organic. I mean, with anything that's going to be mainstream, it's going to become the monster it becomes. But there's always going to be the hardcore, the so-called underground, which is really just another way of talking about the rawness and the original texture of how it started. I try to preserve that side of music. Certainly, I feel that way with his collaborations. I definitely feel that way. The fact that he collaborated with Ghostface and that album never came out. Doomstarks. Like that is an album that needs to come out. Ghostface was having number one albums around that time. You know, Fishscale came out in 06 and that's probably when they recorded that and it didn't. It never came out. Like that's a man who's like, he's not that concerned whether he's where, where he's charting and, and all this mainstream stuff. Like that is an album that 
everyone would want to come out, but you know, it didn't come out. And just before we get into the first, uh, so I'm going to do it, we're going to do it chronologically. So the MF EP with MF Grimm first, but there are two stats I want to talk about. Doom has the second greatest first four album run in terms of review average in hip hop history. His first four albums had a review average of 89.8. The only artist who's ever had a better first four review run is Kendrick with 90.5. And Doom has produced 80.5% of his own discography. 78.1% of that with no co-producer. So that's those are two crazy stats. This, this guy is top level genius top level genius so um yeah we'll get into the music what did you do you want to jump into the mf ep there charlie sure, sure. <laughs> all that info why not <laughs> oh, fuck am i gonna fucking uh rip i mean off you, that. Can yeah, that. That's, that's, you can talk that's about that you can talk about that shit but it's, it's, it's no 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 it's fine it's fine it's cool it's this it is not much needs to be said i mean it's a uh, you know um uh, the only thing, I, the only thing I was was thinking when you were talking about like what he basically left uh, in those three year period, and you know, you didn't you didn't mention it, but you basically did in some sense in terms of what year what the year span was. But you know, that was a a real fruitful time for hip hop, yeah, like for real. Like yeah. you, we could have seen we could have seen Doom on some like level uh, if yeah if he if he just <laughs> uh, if he if he um, you know, wanted imagine to, the collabs guess, uh, though. Imagine case, the collabs but... he could have done then. Like he would have fit perfectly with Wu Tang. Yeah, he would have fit perfectly with on it was written or bro, like some of the stuff he could have done and he just chose Dela, Tribe. Uh... Oh. I mean, yes, like Dilla uh, yeah, works with Dilla. Are uh anyway. Yeah. Yeah, man. Possibly he's a freaking endless. But um yeah, so let's I might as well just uh <clears throat> That was just a, a something I just gleaned from that, um, but yeah, MFEP. Um, there are two from what I saw, uh, but we obviously go into the. Uh, wait, you you went to MFEP? Oh wait, wait, wait. Okay, the Doomsday EP is the other one. Okay, right. I got confused. There's a Doomsday yeah, did, EP. Yeah, MFEP. What's um, the Doomsday EP? There's a Doomsday EP. Yeah, there is oh, a Doomsday okay. EP. Yeah. Um, Might be a, yeah, is a solo yeah, it's, joint. It's, it's just. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, they're both they're both it's about the same cover up on Spotify anyway. Pardon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So MFEP. It's kind of like it reminds me of um, it reminds me of a uh, uh, Ice Cube's Kill at Will. Um, kind of just like the prelude to the album that's about to drop in or or, or did drop. Um, obviously Killer Will's kind of like just uh, I guess uh, B sides to uh, uh, America's Most Wanted and all that era anyway. And MFEP has you know just obviously well has a fucking doomsday from 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 operation doomsday so obviously it's a bit uh, more obvious um but yeah it's uh I, I, the only thing i found fascinating was the fact that mf grim was like really fucking good as well <laughs> like obviously oh. we could have talked about those in 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 you know operation doomsday and uh, other uh, play, uh other works he's in, he was uh he featured in but uh yeah it was just that was just something i gleaned from it it's just like how how boss grim was as well um at just you know playing rapping and stuff like that i just found that really fascinating um no snakes alive is crazy just like of how uh how many people just get on that and uh everyone just absolutely slaps the shit out of it it's just uh it's just crazy and obviously the uh, uh doomsday remix is, is so good the, the thing i the thing i this is a general uh thing i just wanted to say like i i, I really 
love. I'm, I've been really enjoying like um, remixes to Doom shit, or or, or like alternate mixes, or like a demo uh, demo things. I'm obviously, gonna talk about Mavinli next, and I'll get to <laughs> we'll get to that particular critique in a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I just love like re re redoings of like Doom shit. It's, it's so entertaining. I don't know why. It just um. There's there's just a a versatility to it that I just um really enjoy about it um, uh, but yeah man solid EP solid EP worth listening of course. Yeah, I think um yeah the the remix is interesting. I mean he has such a he has such a iconic voice you know like I think it's so you can build a track around it. Um, but the MFEP was interesting to me. It really felt like some some bedroom recording kind of stuff. You know, like, I feel like the second track is yeah. just amazing. It is King Ghidorah. Uh, which is a verse that would later appear on the King Ghidorah solo album, but also features Rodan, and you know that's really great to hear. But I feel like, as Charlie said, MF Grimm is great, and he really dominates this project for me. Uh, it's probably a good idea to dive into his story a little bit because he was he's been around since the late '80s. He's worked with MC Light, Lord Finesse, uh, Jizzar, Large Professor, and yeah, he's had a more collaborative. Uh, early career than Doom, I would say. And he was an accomplished battle rapper. He kind of ended up in the orbit of like Tupac and and the Dog Pound and Cool G Rap and Lady of Rage, as well as also KMD. And Doom and MF Grimm were label mates and Operation Doomsday was actually recorded in Grimm's basement. So uh, MF Grimm actually executive produced that album and he apparently financed it and supplied the samples. So they've always been very close um, I couldn't find much other info. That's actually an unsourced quote on Wiki about like the financing and supplying the samples. So that could be someone's fantasy, but uh, it could be true. So it sounds true to be honest, because someone would have had to do that shit. And MF Grimm and MF Doom have been around for you know together for a long time. They actually had a bit of a beef in was it like oh eight oh nine something like that. And MF Doom actually dropped the MF off. The Doom. So he was just Doom for a while. So <gasps> Grimm didn't want to be associated. So yeah, it was very interesting. But um, yeah, the, the EP is really decent. It's kind of like a mid-90s throwback, but it's in the year 2000. It was it was too early to throw back to the mid-90s. But um, I wanted I wanted a bit more Doom rapping, but it wasn't to be here. And I feel like um, it's, it's early. It's early stuff. It feels quite early stuff. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah, I felt like the loops were... You know, pretty low key and and not particularly inventive, but I think it gave them an opportunity to just rap, and I think that's, I think it's it's kind of a rarity in Doom's catalog because a lot of the time, you know, as I said last week, it feels like the production and the lyrics and the skits and the guests they all have equal footing, and I felt like on this project the beats didn't really matter; it was just showcasing two lyricists, and um, I don't really think he did that again. You know, I really don't. So it's it's kind of I find that a bit of a rarity in his discography. Yeah, this okay. is it, right, man. Cool. This is the one. This is the one. The best MC with. Oh, see, I screwed it. I can't even rap like Doom. I was gonna say the best MC with no chain you ever heard, and I, I bottled <laughs> it two words in. It's just hurry up, man. What a terrible dis- day. Disappoint, disappointment. Um, okay. 
I feel bad going first, but here we go. Oh, this I, is going to be... Oh, no. It's I, no, Hot no. Take Charlie. It's Hot no, Take it's Charlie not, coming in not, from the cold. It's, it's cold. Not. It's snowing in London right now, guys. And Hot Take Charlie's out there. Why do there. you know that? <laughs> People are congregating around his house because of the why, hotness of his why takes. Why do you know that? Trying to keep know warm. Because <laughs> I've been watching I don't know the Premier weather League all there. morning. Oh, it's probably fucking hot. It's, oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. It's snowing. <laughs> Good point, good point. All right, well, okay, all right, let me split this in two because uh, I want to give two, like, opinions on this, right? Because, obviously, as, you know, a piece of art, like we were talking about last week, right? It, you can see it as that. And I'll be... And as seeing it as that, I can completely understand why everyone thinks or everyone knows that this album is, like, inspirational to a lot of people and is a touchstone for a lot of people, creatively. But I and you and you just said this on the on the on the previous EP that we just mentioned that there's not enough doom, and it's exactly what I come come uh, leaving when I listen to Mad Villainy. I want more doom. Is that so much to ask for? I'm I'm sorry. It's I and there's there's sometimes where I f- uh, where the the where the, the uh the, it's like like rainbows i i don't i i don't know i i don't know what's going on with that track to be honest i was just like listening to it again i was just like okay that's cool uh but does it need to be however long it is uh accordion while i enjoy everything behind that on the beat the actual instrument that the track is named after grinds my ears I, I, I hate accordions. I, I, I despise accordions. I can't, like, next to bagpipes, they're the most annoying instrument. I, I don't understand it. French people, talk to me. Why is that such a thing? Why do you make a t- accordion such a thing? It doesn't make sense to me. Okay? And, yeah, I just I just wanted... I just, I just feel like I, I wanted more Doom. when I Whenever I listen to this, I feel like there's just not enough Doom for me, personally. Um, and, you know, it just leaves... Uh, and, and all that leaves is just like Madlib doing his, you know, Madlib, you know, crazy scientist thing, and that's cool. That's great. I just want more Doom, and that's and I, I don't think that I don't think that's hard, much to uh, much to ask for. But that will that will come that will that will come. Uh, this will come. This opinion will come full circle when we get to. Uh, I don't know if it's the next one, but uh, when when we get to another one. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's just how I feel, bro. This is how I feel. Like rhinestone cowboy slaps, slaps. You know why? Because Doom's on it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know, all caps is good because Doom's on it. Do you know why fancy clown and I are so good? Because Doom's on it. That's a Figaro because Doom's on it. You see where I'm coming from? And another thing, uh, uh, I don't know if Ben was going to mention this, don't step on his toes, but, um, you know, uh, Ben said to me um, earlier that, uh, earlier in the week that, like, you know, there, there was a, uh, I guess, a demo version or a previous version that they had where Doom was much more energetic and stuff like that, or just his inflections came across better. Um, and I would have loved to hear oh, that because that's exactly what I'm looking that's exactly, that's exactly the missing ingredient that I feel. Like, sometimes, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just... I don't know, it, and the 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 two um the two uh, re- either remixes or just um uh, uh, alternate mixes that uh, Ben gave me during the week were fire. It was like a Figaro mi- uh, different uh, different mix of Figaro. That was Heat, and there was another one. I think it was Fantasy Clowns. But yeah, man, it was good. But I just I just wanted to come back to that, you know. Just I I just wanted more Doom. That's 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 all for that's all for me. I, that's why I, I don't listen to this as often as most people. 
Um, but, you know, I can come back to Figaro. I can come back to America's Most Blunted uh, with that Quasimodo uh, 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 feature. That was fun. But, yeah, you know, just overall, it's just... Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just wanted more Doom. That's just me. Well, he raps on 15 of the 22 songs. I just ran that through. But I do understand what you're saying. I mean, it is definitely, again, it's 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 a collaboration between a producer and a rapper where both are given equal footing. You know, both are given the opportunity to, you know, be what they want to be. And so, sure. yeah, there's definitely some instrumentals. and sure. But, um, yeah, man, this is... I'm going to go in a different direction because I think this is one of the greatest pieces of music oh, really? I've ever encountered. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, a touch, touch of a different direction. Because, I mean, look, this is a this is an album that changed my life because it was the first underground album I ever heard in my entire life. I'd never heard anything like this before, ever. I was raised yeah. on Jay-Z and Ja Rule and LL Cool J and Snoop Dogg, and then this came along, and I'm yeah. like, what the flying fuck is this, man? And, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's got a 93 on Metacritic. Uh, it charted in five mm-hmm. countries, surprisingly, um, the, the wild thing is that Madly produced most of the tracks in Brazil in a hotel room with a sampler, a turntable, and a tape deck. And um, I don't know how the fuck he got all the records up there to, to do that, but he, he did that. And Madlib claimed he only really wanted to collab with Doom and Dilla in his lifetime, and so he set about making that happen. And it was kind of tricky because during this period, Doom had kind of popped into a little bit of an exile. And... Um, you know, without Doom around, the the wheels were kind of turning behind closed doors to get this collaboration done. Someone from Stone Throw Records got a Mad Lib beat tape to Doom to rap over, and then after sitting with that that beat tape for three weeks, Doom was like, "I want to create the album." But even the recording was full of drama. Like Doom's manager demanded money for plane tickets, which was promised, but when they landed, the manager like accosted Mad Lib's manager over the payment. And as they fought, Doom and Madlib were in the other room just bonding and totally unconcerned with the money and all that shit. So they began working on it, and originally 100 beats were produced. Uh, obviously, they whittled that down to 22. Uh, but during the process, they became close friends, and they spent basically every waking hour together either just creating the music or enjoying life together. And um, yeah, when the album leaked, uh, both the artists kind of threw their hands up in the air and gave up they retreated to other projects you know that was a wild thing like i obviously listened to the leak because the leak is the demos and if you've never listened to the leak holy shit it is better than this it is better than this if that's even possible and it is possible it's it's fucking amazing like i can't even explain it doom is so much more animated but you know the the I guess it didn't last long, this whole idea of not putting the album out because they, they eventually got back to recording it and completed the album, which is very different to the leak, to be honest. I've heard I've reheard some of those on YouTube recently. It is quite different. And they, they re-recorded Doom's vocals with less energy and a more monotone delivery. Like, that was their goal for that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think subjectively, I just feel like this album is really perfect in every way. I, I think every beat is perfect. Yet within that perfection, it's very expansive, it's different, it's unique. You know, America's Most Blunted is like, that. Th- there's this inane offhandedness of it. You know, mm. it's just kind of out there. It's so random and freeform. Mm. Um, and like the opening skit, you know, but then the beat slips into this perfect loop with that fucking bass line, that throbbing bass line. And, and Doom just like, he flies through the window like he's been propelled. He's rapping breathlessly <laughs> and then... Quasimodo kind of pops up at the end. It's 
it's just like, oh man, it was so joyous to discover this album. Uh, it was just absolutely life-changing. Two artists entirely unencumbered by convention and mainstream appeal, hit singles, and we just got this collage of production that came together to, for me to form a masterpiece. And, you know, Doom, I know Accordion, like, I, I love it. I love that. Uh, the jazz interludes, um, just these bass lines, these tight bass lines. It's so crazy. I've not heard that before. Um, and, you know, lyrically, Doom's at his peak. Like, meat grinder, tripping off the beat kind of, tripping off the meat grinder. You know, it's just fucking insane. It's You listen to it, you're like, what the fuck? How is he packing all this into... Uh, he just slips from subject to subject at will, and he always keeps, like, self-promotion at the forefront, and... Ah... Bro, mm-hmm. this album, I can never go past this album. I adore this album. Um, and it's a lot of artists have named it as influential, like Joey Badass, Capital Steez, Rest in Peace, uh, Bishop Nehru, Tyler Earl, Danny Brown, Flying Lotus, even Tom York of Radiohead. So, yeah, oh, shit, man. But, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I've lived with this album my whole life, you know, so I'm going to have a different opinion than some people but um i'm so glad i found this out i don't have no idea how i found it someone must have sent it to me i have no idea because this was what oh four oh five i would have been like i don't know 17 16 so god knows how Mm -hmm. i got it but um change change things for me yeah so yeah shout out to mad villainy classic album yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. I kind of might uh, for for me like an album of that fashion, not in terms of like a different uh, piece of hip hop, but like just a different type of music, which I knew existed, but I just never really found the avenue into it. Was like a, a Tame Impala's Currents. Like when I just listened to that, oh. I was just like, fuck. Yeah. I fucking floated, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was floating. I was just like, how the fuck? I, th- I knew that kind of music existed. I just didn't know where to go for it, and then I just tripped up on what that. What a wild, like, yeah. Fuck. That's fair. All right, what's next? Uh, Mouse in the Mask. Oh, goody. Good, good, Here good. Here we go. Good, 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 good. Great. Perfect segue to the album I prefer between the two. Um, I, I, I don't know. Well, I do know why I prefer it, but... Um, the thing about it, and Polly, is because Doom is just much more prevalent in it. Um, I just, I, I, he's just all over it, and it's just, uh, I just like that. I just like the fact he's all over it. Um, I enjoy the skits uh, subjectively a lot more. I find them hella funny. Uh, just that guy trying to get on the album, and then by the end of the album, he's like, I just heard it dropped. You suck, Dooms. It's, just, it's so fucking funny. Uh, it, just, it just makes me laugh. Uh, just walking, uh, walking, uh, walking, dog to it. Um, you know, great features: Ghostface, CeeLo, Talib on old old school rules. Oh my god! Oh, I love that fucking sample, man. I absolutely love it. I need to look it up for try because I did look it up, but I forgot the name. Um, but yes. Oh. Uh, that that shit just bangs, um, and I and I just need to I just need to you know big up Danger Mouse one time man because that that dude has uh, done some real tasty work over his time man and 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 in a very varied way, like he he's not just done like you know just general albums he's not like a a, a Mark Ronson type where you're just working with like the biggest people like all the time. But it's just everyone from like the biggest people to like smaller names to this to everyone in between 
different genres. Like I know he did a he co-produced a Michael Kiwanuka's third album with Inflow, and I was just like, that's that's just sick. Just to, just to know that Danger Mouse was on that. Um, yeah, it's just um, it's just shout out to Danger Mouse, man, because uh, there's some real the, the beats on here are just super clean. Um, you know, Doom just just does Doom all over it. It's just great. That, that sounds sus. <laughs> I don't know why Doom Doom's all over it. He Doom's all over it. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a pause. We should make that. A ver- <laughs> no, we should make that a verb. He just Dooms all over it. Like just just, just Dooms it. Just do- <laughs> should we? Should we really? Or, or should we just <laughs> leave it in the review? <laughs> okay, fine. Just all right. Fine, fine, fine. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll let us. I'll let us slide. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, dude just goes off. He he goes off, right? He goes off. He just does his thing. Um, but yeah, man, I I just really love this. Um, I just really love this album. I just really enjoy it. I find it just bouncy, uh, just super fun to listen. Uh, and the sample is a, fun- a funky fanfare by Keith Mansfield, by the way. So uh, yeah, mm, just, uh, that's a nineteen sixty-eight. Jeez, that's a throwback. Okay, like, that's that's a proper that's a proper diggers. Uh, uh, producing dig right there. That's 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 a yeah. that's a, that's a real that's a real dig right there. But yeah, shout, just I, I just love this album. I just find it super fun to listen to. To be honest, it's just NSU replayable. Love the skits. So yeah, I can't can't go wrong with it. Shout out that. Yeah, I think um in two thousand five, like Danger Mouse was. This is this is actually a really important album for Danger Mouse because obviously he just dropped the Grey album, which was absolutely critically acclaimed, and you know it was the mashup of the white album by the Beatles with Jay-Z's The Black Album. And he'd been threatened with all sorts of legal actions by whomever cares about that stuff. I don't know if the (laughs) Beatles actually cared about it or it was just their estates. But he really needed to pivot into something a little bit more legal. And um, (laughs) obviously, maybe maybe going into these sample kind of things wasn't the best route. I don't know all that stuff. But like... um, You know, this album really opened the floor up to him to... it, It created a path to Niles Barkley... He worked with Sparkle Horse and eventually Broken Bells. So this was a, a journey for for Danger Mouse, and this had to come out good because, you know, Doom had a lot of attention on, on him at this stage from the music industry. Like, obviously, Doomsday, Mm Food, Mad Villainy, like these were his three previous projects. Like, come on, you, you it's, it's a big... Mm-hmm. And he was at the top of his game. You know, he was at... There was no way he was going to fail on this. So it kind of came down to Danger Mouse and he, he nailed it, man. He absolutely nailed it. And um, yeah, the collab was in the making since 03, which is when they first worked together. And they actually worked on it remotely, which is amazing considering how bad technology was even back then. You know, like um, we talked about uh, Diller and and Madden Jay doing Lee. their yeah. yeah wild and uh, apparently Danger Mouse would would mail he would mail Doom beat CDs to rap to and uh, the whole th- the whole theme and the beats came about via the Cartoon Network's Adult Swim section so it was designed to be basically a musical expression of that vibe it's a pretty typical Doom performance in that you know I, I felt like it was really exciting to see him on such a wide variety of beats because. Like a track like Sofa King has this like really slow groove and I guess we're used to Doom rapping without much rhythm and just having this kind of, he finds like an off-kilter pocket. You know, as Charlie said right at the start, he he, he raps out of the pocket or he raps behind or in front or, you know, it's, it's very weird. But like, I feel like on this, he really dropped into, especially on Sofa King, he dropped into it and then grooved with the beat. Um, then there's like Benzy Box, which is straight up Gorillaz. 
Uh, he hits it with like this weird halting flow that really works. His vocal tone on Bada Bing, it always made me wonder why he didn't really try to distinguish his characters more vocally. When I listen to that song, I'm like, he can do this. Like he can, he can really change up his pitch and tone. And uh, we're getting doom on this album, but every time I heard him switch his tone up, he's been really brilliant at it, and I felt like he could have maybe inhabited that a bit more for Victor Vaughn. King Ghidorah, he kind of does, but like, yeah, I don't know, but it was impressive nonetheless, and um, I think this is a great, great album. Like, I think being so close to Mad Villainy, people don't give it the chance that it deserves, you know? I think if this existed without Mad Villainy, then it would be considered high up in conversations people would talk about it a lot more because Mm -hmm. danger mouse is an incredible producer um and whilst his true peak was probably niles barkley i think you know both those albums are close to classics they're just there's iconic songs all over them but the production here is really on that level maybe just below um and i think like doom was kind of at the end of his creative lyrical run here he'd already put out a lot of project by this time like the next album was probably Born Like This, uh, or maybe Unicron came first. But, you know, I felt like until we got to, say, Keys to the Cuffs, this was kind of like the last time we saw Doom in this kind of form. And so, yeah, it's it's a great project. If you never listen to it, it's not a gimmick or anything like that. It, it's it's a full project. You know, it's, a, it's, it's very solid, very good. Exactly, yeah. And no, I just, I, I, I just want to put on a cape for it because i'm just like it's really fucking good yeah. but people do yeah. not talk do not talk about it i'm not saying like talk about it as much as matt Vinton, but i'm just saying talk about it because I, I just i don't know people and like you said on in danger master's career arc is very fascinating and i swear paul mccartney said he liked uh, the uh, the great album i swear uh, i swear i saw him oh, say he probably so. did man paul mccartney's mad chill it was probably just fucking the oh, yeah, label definitely. emi yeah, 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 from yeah, yeah. Course, memory it was emi that were pursuing him it wasn't of course it's labels <laughs> it was Ring- ringo star was probably like yeah this is just chill this is great we're already billionaires we don't need more money like come on relax but it was probably the label yeah exactly no it's just yes yeah, it's super painful all right what's next uh unicron Unicron. Okay, so I kind of, I kind of had the same feeling to this as uh, as uh, the uh, uh, the the uh, the EP with Grim. Um, obviously, Lockjaw is on there, and I, that was the uh, one track off uh, off Take Me to Your Leader with Yidera. Uh, um, and now it's uh, I love that track, it's, but it's so painfully short. It's literally like a minute and a bit. It's just oh, such a good track. Like the beat on that is oh, fucking heat, um, but it just doesn't last long. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I never, I haven't spun trunks before. Um, so I didn't really know what I was going into with, uh, with his style or whatever, but, uh, yeah, man, that's a solid EP. I really enjoy it. Uh, so it's, a, it's a, some real good stuff. And obviously I think Unicron's a Transformer reference. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that uh, old, sorry. Cause I'm not, I'm not in Transformers. Like the Transformers has been ruined to, uh, if I was ever going to be in Transformers, uh, the films ruined it for me. The films fucking ruined it. So uh, you know, just blame blame Hollywood. Uh, but yeah, I think Unicron's a, a a Transformers reference. But apart from that, yes, it's 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 clean, man. It's clean. I really enjoyed it actually. Some some good stuff. Obviously, it's a Doom produced uh, uh, for uh, for for it, and um, you know, Trunks is all over that. So uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's just it's just solid work. And obviously, it can it if. It, it, I think it came across as um. I, I think you you probably have the history of it. I think it was obviously supposed to be uh supposed to have dropped, but it just basically just got bootlegged everywhere instead and never actually dropped dropped. 
Um, but uh, yeah, man, I wish it did drop drop because I keep saying drop drop. <laughs> I wish it dropped because uh, it's a, it's a real good it's real good stuff, and uh, I think I feel like people should really get into it. I feel uh, I feel like it's a a real hidden gem of a, of a good fifteen minutes of a good, just just good rapping, some good beats. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's real it's real cool stuff. I think it did drop. I don't know. I I I've read interviews. I don't know. It's obviously not on Spotify or anything. Maybe it was just bootlegged and leaked. But um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like Trunks was a pretty odd choice of collaborator here because his only real credit prior to this was on "Take Me to Your Leader," which is a King Ghidorah album, and he did kind of wash that track, you know. But uh, his style is really different to the kind of warm jazz that Doom produces on this project. And yeah, I found it fascinating that like. Ryan says he had a full a full album with this is Doom. Uh, he had obviously Doom Starks, Mad Villainy Two was around this time as well. None of them got released, but I, I'm pretty sure Unicron actually did get released, and um, yeah, found that interesting because you know Doom. I don't think he raps on this album or on this project at all. I think it's just him producing, and uh, yeah, I I enjoy it. Like I I, I don't really go back to it, but um. Yeah, I, I want to talk like just quickly about Doom the producer because he told Impose Magazine that he considers himself to be a drummer. So whilst all his beats involve multiple instruments, they're all built around the original drum pattern. And uh, he also speaks of something that Dr. Dre was well aware of. And he was talking about this project when in this interview. And uh, tones and frequencies. He said that certain frequencies bring out certain feelings in people. Then he goes to talk about like off-key notes that evoke a specific feeling and he compared himself a bit to Thelonious Monk in that and um yeah I found that interesting I found it you know this was kind of like the start of Doom producing a project for for another rapper which obviously we get to uh well he raps on Keys to the Cup so you know I feel like he wanted to do this a little bit more but he didn't he didn't get to do that as much as maybe he wanted to but um yeah it's a good little project it's not bad yeah, so yeah Keys to the Key Key to the Cuffs this key is a this cuffs. is a British British album man it's a British theme yeah I, I have to like Hello, it now governor. yeah I have to like it now like uh, uh, <laughs> obligatory I have to like it um yeah <laughs> no it's it's cool it's cool i like the um there's a lot of uh, uh electric uh, electronic elements to it there's a, there's a there's some refrains in the in the uh uh like after the track finishes where it's just like some kind of i don't know 8 bit 16 bit i forgot the particular kind of uh, thing i'm talking format i'm talking about uh but you know that kind of thing just like that throwback techie uh, noise. I don't know why I describe shit like this, but it just happens. But uh, yeah, man, it's <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. There is a track called Governor, um, and uh, you know the 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 people that for some reason find the British accent fascinating will definitely enjoy a track uh, of of that nature. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a cool it's a cool it's a cool little album it's a cool little album I, I can't I can't complain I can't complain about it uh yeah I think I think uh, if I remember correctly correct me if I'm wrong that they uh basically just uh go half and half on uh on most of, on most of the stuff um there is a uh Damon Albarn's on here which is quite cool I kind of wished um uh he put on like uh for that for that particular hook on that on that song I feel like uh Having that two D voice that he has, obviously Fire Gorillas would have been so good. I don't know why. I just, I just really, really would have rated that. Um, home, um, uh, 
Homegirl from uh, Portishead, I think. Uh, uh, which which one was that? I think it's Beth Gibbons. Um, she's on that as well, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting album. It's 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 it's, uh, it's not why it's not why I expected. I don't know. I don't know why I expected, but uh, yeah, it comes across. It comes across very um, uh, very eclectic. Uh, one of one of uh, Doom's most uh, probably most sonically eclectic, I'd say. Into and that's just uh, let me let me break that down because that's obviously just everything he does. But um, I I say that more in a sense of um, more more of a sense of different elements. So it's not just about the uh, not just about the lyrics, not just about the skits, not not just about that kind of stuff, but more about the production. That kind of goes all over the place. I mean, in in more of like a genre type of thing, where it sounds like it sounds like alternative hip hop, but it just sounds like a few other things in there. Um, like I said, a lot of electronic elements, uh, chiefly. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there's a. It's just some. I mean, just go, just go listen to Governor. Like you know, that's 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 what, that's what all the people are there for. Just for fucking me to say governor isn't it so uh, you know there you go here's your governor hello governor there you go <laughs> you have to get that out don't you <laughs> i do i do i, I have, have to, to do out. my british accent yep. um so like of the 19 verses on this album um mf doom actually raps 15 of them so he's heavily involved in the rapping obviously but he doesn't produce a single beat which is kind of random for for doom i i didn't oh, does he not? Okay. you know he's yeah, he doesn't. So he said in an interview, uh, when he doesn't have to worry about production, he finds it relieving because it frees up his creative space and takes the pressure off an album. And uh, I feel like he might get caught up in a bit of perfectionism when the entire song is his responsibility. And when he's able to just rap, I feel maybe it's a little less. And uh, yeah, I, I really like that Doom, you know, obviously we spoke about it last week about Born Like This kind of being the end to the Doom story, but obviously there's more Doom content after that. But I, I truly still feel that way because I think Doom really evolved past that villainous character on this project particularly because by 2012, some stuff was beginning to happen in his life. You know, he was exiled from the US, uh, which he addressed on the song Banished, which is actually one of the best beats and best performances on the record. Gave me Notorious Thugs vibes with that like fast flow and that weird time signature, which is always love that song. Um, and I would argue that Key to the Cuffs is probably the most content-heavy of any Doom album because it has a specific theme that's a little deeper than just food, which was on food, food, mm, food. And I feel like Doom seems really intent on aiming at the establishment on this album in whatever form it takes. Like Bite the Thong, it's the industry. Uh, Boring Convo, it's a larger conversation about immigration and, and how we're judged and treated depending on where we're, the, we're born which is such an arbitrary thing. You know, it's totally out of control, out of, sorry, out of our control. We, we can't, we don't choose where we're born. We don't choose any of that stuff, yet we're judged by it. Um, and uh, yeah, GMO was intriguing as well, like speaking on genetically modified organisms, which is a much more eloquent way of saying genetically modifying food is going to impact us as humans. Like the chemicals will, will change us or, or have impact upon us. He, he asked, will Frankenfoods kill us or turn us into the things off Thriller? You know, and, and the final track is Wash Your Hands, which is interesting. Like it's, it's what it's like to live in the world when you have OCD. 
And basically, Doom is just like swimming through a sea of human fluid towards a resolution, which he decides is to protect himself and his friends from whatever may be lurking on the dance floor or in other areas that he may wish to linger when he's out of the club. It's typically funny and offhanded, but it's still focused. And I think that kind of says to me that this is a Doom album with the most focused content of his career. Because there's a lot of free association rhyming here, which is typical Doom. But there's nowhere near as much as a normal Doom project. And I really felt that, you know, I felt like we were getting some some mm. an evolution of the Doom character. Maybe some Doomalay in there, you know, mm. a little less villainous, a little more. This is what I'm going through in life. And this is what Doomalay is going through. And I really appreciated that. I really did appreciate that. Um, this is an album that I've listened to a lot over the years. So I quite enjoyed it. That's what's up. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. That's um, some... It it really is just a supremely just like a, a, a unique album in, in in some ways. I guess in terms of collabs, it, it does have its unique uh, space. I will say that. Yeah, big agree. What's next? Yeah. Uh, quickly go through Neruvian Doom. Quickly to go through, shall we? All right. Quickly. Fucking hell. Right. Well, well, I didn't realize. You know, Charlie was right. Charlie was like, and I was like, oh, it's not that many albums. But I'm like, oh wait, this is a lot of albums. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But we're here now, we're going through it now, it's not your fault. Um, all right, so I, I, I'm I, just fascinated of just Bishop Naroo in just general. Like, he's the same age as me, he's 24, and he's already done, like, just supreme fucking licks with, like, hella people. Um, and this is just, this is on top of the cake, so, uh, so to speak, just, like, having, you know, it's it's kind of... It's kind of you in a. He's in unique company here to have an album with Doom and have and not just have an album with Doom, but have his you know Monica's Neruvian uh, on the title with Doom. I find that just you know boss, um, and you can only say that with a few of them. Obviously, Danger Doom and Madvin, uh, uh, not Jalib. Uh, that's different. But yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I find this a real uh, cool album. I think uh, on the background, it was just like uh, uh, Bishy and uh, Doom, which basically just by themselves, uh, just just locking in. Um, and a question I wanted to ask when you were talking about uh, Madlib, which I've just thought of, I was like, when if they if they go to like let's let's just say they like, need to get some snacks, right, and they just go to the shop together. Do you think Doom wears the masks or not? He says that he doesn't wear the mask when he's out, so he um... okay. He says he goes to record stores and sometimes before gigs he'll just be walking around in the club without the mask on and no one will no know one who clock. the fuck he is. <laughs> it's mad. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. that must feel that must feel boss. Not gonna lie, that must feel boss. Just like yeah. have a mask and literally it's fulfilling the purpose of like the ulterior ego and like people actually generally do not clock you if you're not wearing the mask. I find that so boss. Um, but yeah, I, I was just signing that for. But yeah, uh, this is. Um, yeah, this is obviously mainly Nauru, uh on the lyrics and uh, Doom production. Although uh, Doom does um, uh, feature on a couple of tracks, and actually, very uh, while he's there, very sparsely on uh, lyrically. Whenever he is on it, it seems purposeful. You know what I mean? And I find that really, I find that really cool about this. Um, there's like a, there is a mental mentee kind of vibe to this. Um, in just like it's like a live lesson on just like how to uh, how to just create some good shit. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it just gets it it gets better bit by bit, 
uh, every time. It just, it just, every track just builds upon itself very nicely and very neatly. Um, so yeah, I just, I just find this uh, album very fascinating, and just Bishop Naru as a, as an artist, mad fascinating. Um, but yeah, I, I just find how the fuck he got this collab. Like, where, where, did he, where did he, where did he just ask him? Like, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because some people do that. Some people just ask. Um, you know, can I do this with you? And they just go, yeah. You know, what I mean, if you don't ask, don't get. I've, I've I've heard some situations on that fa- on that fashion where it's literally that simple. They just did it because the other person asked. Uh, but ah, I just find I just find this a uh, a real cool album to listen to. I I like Bishop Rue anyway. So uh, you know, it's, it's it's no skin off my nose. But uh, yeah, man, solid work, solid work. It's interesting that a lot of people, I remember being pretty rough on Bishop Nuru about fumbling the bag on this album, like to get an entire tape full of doom beats and a lot of people called him boring and said that he wasted his opportunity i don't agree with that i think he sounded great on here i don't think he dazzled but i think you know neither did trunks and no one criticized trunks like i think you know, he's only 19 when this dropped like it's not like you know yeah I mean, no one's out there saying that like come on man everyone loves trunks trunks is yeah. trunks is great no one's you know so I, I like the decision that Doom made here to collab with him because uh, Bishop Nehru opened for Doom and Ghostface in London. And after the show, they were hanging out and they ended up becoming friends. And I guess the collaboration grew organically from there. You know, Doom said about this album, as like a compilation of sounds, all of them hold their own weight. But as one whole thing, a piece, it's going to be a very informative piece. It's going to be that joint. To me, everything happened organically and it's still going organically, so it's hard to explain it as it's happening. It just is what it is. And Bishop Nehru, uh, was a, he was a young superstar. I mean, he was winning competitions when he was in his early teens. He was popping up on Hot 97 and Power 105, and he opened for, uh, he opened for these guys. He opened for someone else. He might have opened for Wu as well at some point. I don't, yeah. know, if, I, I don't know where I read that, but I might have sent that to Charlie. But um, So, you know, he was around... And he hasn't really done a lot since then, but um, it's a good project, man. I think the expectations were just a bit too high on this because I think ever since Mad Villainy, people seem to have this belief that Doom collab albums have to have this magic dust sprinkled on them. And I think it's also held back by the fact that Doom Starks is probably what everyone wanted when this dropped. You know, mm. it, it, that that and that leaked. That project is out somewhere. It's on YouTube and I haven't listened to it personally, but... Um, Mad Villainy 2 as well was around people were talking about this and, and so then we get Neruvian Doom and in America people were like well who the fuck is Bishop Nehru so <laughs> especially um, you know it may have been hampered a little bit by using the, some of the beats of Special Herbs which are just they're just iconic they're just naturally iconic as being on Special Herbs and so I think people just wanted Doom to rap over the top of them but I like it a lot. I really like it a lot. I I think this is a great project. I just um I think it was just held back a little bit by I don't know the weight of expectation, you know. And I think that's hard mm. to overcome for a nineteen-year-old rapper. That's pretty fucking rough, man. I don't think that's fair at all. And I think um something that should have been amazing for for Bishop Nehru is like, oh my god, I just collabed with a hero. Yeah, I, I saw some criticism, and I, I don't really agree with it. I think it's it's a really good project. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's it's too much um, background noise where like you just can't control that, and it's like it's not my fault that you wanted this like different thing. But yeah, anyway. fuck that, man. It's it's a good good project. Shut up. Stop yeah. being yeah. critical of something just because you wanted something else. Like yeah, just chill. exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just like I, I didn't want that one. I want this one. It's, it's, it's like it's like um, it's like them rich kids uh, that didn't get the Mercedes they wanted. Like it's just like guys, you got a Mercedes. Like <laughs> you know what I mean, just live with it. <coughs> um, all right, last one, last one, hey. last one. Hey. we did it in under ninety minutes. Um, surface. Um, yeah. So this, this, I, lo- I, I find this. Uh, well, surface means metal face, by the way. Just you know, just be specific with the titling. Uh, I, f- <laughs> I feel like as soon as surface became surface, they were just like, yeah, we we got to do something with Doom one day. Like it, it just, yeah, it sure. just can't. You can't. You see this artwork, and you know, obviously, all of Zarface's work is uh, Jack Kirby influenced. Um, you know, super comic booky. Um, you know, just colorful, extravagant, and just seeing this fucking half Zarface, half Doom fucking cover work is just creamy. Um, so you just know it's going to be clean. Obviously, it's, uh, obviously, uh, for those who don't know, Zarface, Inspector Deck of Wu Tang fame, and Seven L Esoteric. Um, yeah, and uh, with a little bit of doom in it, and <laughs> I do, I do love the. Uh, this is just a match made in heaven kind of thing, isn't it? Where like you, you obviously mentioned uh, before, uh, well, and obviously we can gather by uh, most of uh, Doom skits, especially in the solo work, with the you know many Fantastic Four references, um, you know comic book references, all that kind of stuff. And obviously with Starface and the Jack Kirby stuff, you, you see where I'm going with this. It just seems like it just screamed match made in heaven. It just it wasn't really. It was you couldn't have possibly took an L on this. It, it couldn't have possibly been bad. It was just one of those things that just you knew it was going to be decent. Um, and it is. It's, it's super decent. It's just super good. Uh, you know, you have a open mic eagle, Vinnie Paz on here as well, just uh, just to uh, you know, just spice it up a little bit. I just like the, I, I I really just like the the concept here. Like there's one on one of the earlier tracks, they just have this uh, extended bit where like uh, Doom is talking to Zarface. Is like a, you know what every hero needs, right? A villain. Yeah, and they just start laughing to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's classic. It's yeah. so <laughs> it it's well so done. it's it's low key it's low key corny, but it's so funny. It's just it's nah, amusing. It's good man. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it's great. It's great. It's 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 a good corny. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it, that, you have that throughout. You know, just little bits here and there. Uh, just Sarface talking. I, I need to know who does the Sarface uh, uh thing, uh, voice acting, because it's just it's just funny to me. It's just <laughs> it's just amusing. Um, but uh, yeah, past that, uh, it's just a super solid project. I can't uh, you you can't possibly complain that this is you know expected deck on bars. You know what I mean? The beats are clean. Uh, you know, Doom comes in now and again with some heaters. It's just it's just yeah, you can't miss. Can't can't possibly miss with this one. It's just super it's super clean. Oh, absolutely, man. I think, um, yeah, I, I really, I remember this album when it came out and I listened to it and I didn't really know who Zarface was back then. I, I wasn't aware, but I listened to this and I'm like, you know, Doom only raps nine verses out of the 33 on here. And it's just, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a Doom project, but it really opened me up to Zarface to realize like this is fire. This is genuine fire. And when MF Doom does pop up, he he sounds great on here. Like I feel like um, it's almost like oh, every every verse on here is kind of poignant. It's like uh, almost like he was waiting for stuff in his life to happen so that he would have nine verses of stuff to rap about. Like 
you know, on MFSR, he raps uh, as far as humans, loyalty is an oddity. As far as being snakes, though, it's probably be two out of three. I really love it when he gets in his existential friendship lane. I feel like someone hurt Doom mm. a while ago, and he really is still holding on to that. And, um, you know, Zarface's mission is to save hip-hop. So they team up with the villain in MF Doom. And mm. I feel like it's a little bit frustrating that the album doesn't play into that dynamic very often. Uh it's, it's more kind of focused on the comic book vibe, but that's okay. You know, that's just my personal preference. I think Doom sounds best when the stakes are high production-wise. Like Nautical Depth, which is like a really menacing energy. You know, you, you've got to come with something on that. And he really rides it like a fucking tsunami, man. Like his his verbal dexterity on this is is really something to behold. I think Phantoms is similar. That beat, that beat. And Doom leads off and takes it into really uncomfortable territory. He's like traveled in a trio or maybe just abandoned it's random found one take your grandson for ransom and then he says bet your life double that think you having fun in fact slipper one too many times may not be coming back never let it happen lose your phone tell his side chick to get packing like it's he's just you know packing a lot of rhymes into that but like a lot of content as well and a lot of villainous Mm. content it was kind of like a a return to that villainous and while it's not his most inspiring lyrical performance, um, no. I think, you know, over the top of like overtly golden age era beats, yeah. I think um, maybe there's a bit of a lack of rhythm that we're accustomed to hearing from Doom's vocals. Like, you know, maybe like the jazz or the bass line or the percussion usually keeps time and he kind of free forms around it. Mm. But a lot of these beats might be a bit too sparse to drive that rhythm. Mm. So Doom has to kind of create the momentum himself and... I felt like it gets a little bit lost sometimes, uh, but I think lyrically he was just as sharp as always. There was no drop off in quality there at all, and uh, yeah, I, I got I, I actually have Phantoms and Nautical Depth on my regular rotation. So you know these are songs I've been listening to was come out in 2018, 2017. So I always listen to the I've listened to those songs a lot. So great project, man, and um, it's the last project we got from him, sadly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit a bit sad. It's another one of those things where we kind of end on a, I don't know. I want just two things before I finish up, um, because okay. I don't think we can talk about Doom without talking about the imposters, the imposters, man. So Doom likes to sometimes send imposters in his place to perform shows behind the mask, and this practice has been met with widespread condemnation and. I think the conversation he was trying to have around the value and worth of a rapper and like the lack of separation between art and artist in hip hop was lost. It's lost in the uproar of people who turned up to see Doom and they didn't see Doom. But I actually think he makes a decent point, even if I disagree a little bit with his method. Because I think in hip hop especially, rappers are rock stars. You know, like, I guess just as a label can sell low-tier music via a top-tier personality, the inverse (laughs) is true. Top-tier music doesn't move the same with a low-tier personality. And I mean that in the nicest way possible, you know? Like, as someone who has, I guess, existed in a space on social media with quite a lot of engagement, I am not a top-tier personality, and I never will be. I'm not cut out for that. And so it's almost like if you're not cut out for that, what are you... Bro, I don't you know, I don't want to be part of that's why I said at the start, formerly of, you know, so I can't exist uh, in those spaces. But my my content is top tier. But I'll never get to that yep. level because I just can't exist in that space. And so, you know, I I think that that's a fair conversation to have. 
I think that that's a fair conversation to have that Doom wanted to start that. Maybe the method was off a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I, I can understand what he's trying to say with that. Uh, but I would personally be a bit disappointed if I turned up and Doom wasn't there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was something I I was have been thinking about. I had a, had a stray thought while listening to one of these projects, I remember like a few days ago, about that particular uh, thing that he does. And I was just like, man, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I mean, like, you're paying to see Doom. Like, I'm yeah. going to see Doom. Like, this is, is what it is. And, you know, obviously... The mask thing, like you can you can finesse that, but like why why do you want to finesse your people in that fashion? So, um, but yeah, no, it's um it's a good point. But yeah, leaving it on a leaving it on a good note, I feel like you know there's so much there 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 is really something for everyone in here. I feel, um, and especially if you're a person that's not into uh, quote unquote alternative hip hop, right? Uh, you know, it's obviously this obviously ain't you know glossy. Um, this obviously isn't uh, you know uh, uh, for the charts, quote unquote. You know, what I mean, none none of it really is. But um, and again, we've said this uh, few, past few times in the past couple of weeks. If you rate hip hop and you love hip hop, then why wouldn't you explore this avenue at some point? Um, like I have in the past two weeks. Um, this has been very enlightening, to be completely honest. Um, in in trying to understand like why people rated Doom so much, and I think personally for me, for us, I learned more through his collaborations. I feel um, just in for for one thing, who the people are. Like Madlib is a you know that's just a no brainer. Like <laughs> like yeah, oh you your friends are Madlib. All oh, right, well yeah, of course you're gonna do a project with him. But you know for people like Bishan Raru or Trunks, right? It just Stuff like that, or uh, um, uh, who, who's the who's the who's part who's the JJ part of uh, JJ Doom? I forget I forget boss man's name, but uh, let me just get that up in a sec while I while I talk. Um, but yeah, you know, it's people like that where it's just like you know people who they're not known known. Uh, Genero Jarrell, there you go, shout to him. You know, they're not known known like a Mad Lib, right? They're not they're not that on that level. But I think it's really cool to know that. Doom was willing to work with anybody, uh, regardless of where they were at. You know what I mean? Uh, I I just find that really, uh, I don't know, comforting. I guess to just to know that someone of that level of high artistry and level of uh, you know just plain lyrical ability um, can just and, and production savvy can just you know go to somebody. Um, that they enjoy kicking it with, and they do a project with them, you know. And you know, like 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 Ben is saying with Doomstarks for a uh, couple times this episode. You know, some of them don't even drop, but you know, just keeps it pushing. And I kind of rate that. I, I rate that attitude. It's a real, it's a real free attitude that I that I can. Uh, I feel like a lot of people should subscribe to, but obviously that's not how the world works uh, for most people. But uh, yeah, man, RIP Doom, and uh, this has been a very fascinating uh, past couple of weeks, I will say, as a, as a, as a Doom noob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good. I think um, I'm always gonna I'm always gonna champion people who just go with the music, man. They just want to make the best possible music. Mm. They don't care about chart success, you know, and they have the opportunity to they. Yeah, it's just, I really highly respect that. I mean, even back in the KMD days with their second album and, and just like not 
caving to that pressure. Mm. They had a major label. Electra was like, you know, and they could have really blown up, but they're like, no, this is what we want to express. This is the the image that we want to use, and this is the the message that we want to get across. We're not going to compromise on that. And I think this it's this every aspect of this doom story is just reminds me or, or informs me of like you know i've known him i've i've listened to him since 05 so what's that 16 years i didn't know this all this stuff until last couple of weeks i didn't know all these this huge backstory but it just makes sense it makes perfect sense like all the horrible stuff he's gone through in his life and how he's remained steadfast amongst it you know how he's yeah. continued to push forward and continue to make great music and continue to collab and continue to be a positive influence. You know, it's not like he's, you know, he he doesn't do bad things. He doesn't say bad things. He doesn't, there's no toxicity. There's just, you know, he's just a great rapper. And he's always been in my top five, you know, personal top five because of just his lyrical ability. And yeah, man, I, it it hurt when he passed. Like it, it really did. It it sucks. It's fucking awful. And to know what he's been through in his life, I don't know. It just reminds you this that life just sucks, man. Some people it just fucking sucks. But despite the fact that it sucked for him, and there were some really awful things that happened to him, he became one of the greatest rappers of all time, and he influenced the entire culture of hip hop. You know, and that is you can't put a price on that you can't really praise that enough you mm. can't you know when you when you're experienced when everything's good and everything's working out well for you and the chips are falling into place mm-hmm. and you got the right connections and everything and and you're succeeding within that that's great man have a blast but when shit is going wrong repeatedly and things are not going your way and you're still succeeding in spite of that then that is to be commended highly and so shout out to mf doom rest in peace and thank you you know, thank you for the music, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. We shall leave it there and uh, hop into a lighter note. Ben, do you have anything? Uh, not really this week. Or do you have anything interesting? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm increasingly realizing that um, challenges and by when I mean challenges, I mean those challenges that people are doing to one particular song. Um, you know, basically to promote an artist's particular song drop in. Um, I, f- I feel like that's just going to be a whole new economy in itself now. And I don't know how to feel about it. Um, I'm into, you know, I'm into it. Like, I get it. Like, it's not, it's not, it's, not, it's no skin off my nose. I'm not participating in these challenges. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you ain't going to see me bust it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's cool. Uh, there is a Joro challenge, which Lupita Nyong'o did recently. And that, was, that was great. Thoroughly enjoyed that, uh, but yeah, and yeah, Stefan Don has one, Shanti has one that I've seen. Uh, I know Megan's done, you know, she had the Savage one while a while back. Uh, you know, everybody's got a challenge going on. I'm just like, it's just like, and it feeds the you know, the TikTok, Instagram Reels community, and that's fine, but I don't know, man, it's, it's just it's a lot, it's a, there's a lot of challenges going about, and I'm just like, uh, there's a there's a I don't know. It's like a. This shouldn't be, the thing. You know what I mean? I feel they're making it see that the the quantity of these challenges and how there's like a new one every week is giving me a vibe that uh, if you want your song to pop off, then you need a challenge for it. You know what I mean? And I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't know if I'm if there's any truth in that. Um, you know, monetarily or just like uh, <coughs> or in terms of just like uh, you know 
getting social media clicks. Uh, I don't know if it's like that, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's leaving an odd taste in my mouth. While it's cool and, you know, people are having fun with it, you know what I mean? That's, that's great. Do you? Um, I just don't know, like, why it's so prevalent. Is it literally just because they can or is there, like, a deeper meaning to it? I hope that it's just not. I hope it's just because they can, to be honest. Because if there's a deeper meaning to it, that means they need it for some reason. And I don't know how I feel about that. The fact they need a challenge for... A social media challenge for their song to pop off. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I've spoken to people and TikTok is now the vibe. TikTok, we're trying to push it in the TikTok market. We're trying <laughs> to get a TikTok dance going. We're trying to... And so it's, it's a thing. And I was talking to someone yesterday and they were talking about Pain. attention and how how to monetize attention and how, you know, attention spans have dipped and how we spend less time engaging with content significantly less time because there's so much more content to engage with. And the battle for content creators is to keep you engaged for the longest possible time. And I guess a dance plus a song at the same time, a challenge plus a song is going to, you know, drive engagement and it's less about the music and more about, you know, but I mean, dancing's always been a part of music, but um, music videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's uh it's a probably a targeted thing. I don't think um yeah. I'm sure things happen organically. I mean the the Fleetwood Mac was it what song was it? Dreams. Dreams. Uh, I don't know which one it was. Yeah, it was Dreams. Dreams and, and you know that like everyone's just discovering that song because of that and that was that didn't seem cynical at all. It just seemed kind of organic. But that song has always been fucking fire and everyone just kind of discovered Bang it. On. But I think um yeah, I think, yes, it's... I, I personally don't know anything about all this stuff. I'm not on TikTok and I don't watch Reels, so I don't... <laughs> it's all foreign to me. Like, I don't really understand it. I, I'm too old for that that stuff. I don't... I don't know. I'm not tapped in. Winnie sends me TikTok videos sometimes, and she's like, you got to get on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. No, nah, no, nah, not my Steve. Maybe, no, maybe no, I should. No, no, no. Right, I mean, I'll, I'll I saw you, bro. Uh, it's not my Steve. Nobody's forcing me to do that, and I'm just like, nope. Clubhouse is the one that people are forcing me, trying to force me, and I'm just like, guys, for one thing, it's not on Apple, no. so go bun yourself. But even if it was, I probably wouldn't. I've 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 read too many, I've read too many articles. There's like an article a month about how cesspooly Clubhouse is. But anyway, TikTok is not my yeah, vibe. I'm so gonna, I'm gonna stay off the Clubhouse and the TikTok. I'm trying to like oh, you cut back you significantly. <laughs> just fucking rip, ripping into people and then immediately apologizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey man, that's that's anxiety, bro. It's it's, it's a wild thing, mm. you know. It's like I had a I had a fight with a friend last week, and um, it wasn't really a fight, but it was it was a heated discussion. And uh, I thought I I handled myself very well. I sent some screenshots to some people, and they were like, "You handled yourself really well there." But they're like, "Why did you apologize at the end for your last message?" Yep. And I was like, "Because I was fucking scared. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm scared all the time. Yeah. I'm always in fear." So yeah. actually, on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna be one of Australia's most blunted as of uh, next week. I'm starting, yeah, I'm starting cannabinoid treatment for anxiety. So I've taken over the years, I've taken like probably thirty different psych meds and probably over a hundred combinations since 2009. So we kind of came to the end of the road 
And the end of the road is cannabis, apparently, which is surprising. You would think it should be at the start of the road because it's not a particularly dangerous drug. Yeah. But um, we got doctors over here. I'm going to go see like a treatment team and they're going to take all the blood tests and do all these tests and ask me all these questions and then charge me an insane amount of money for cannabinoids. I haven't smoked weed in like 13 years, 12 years. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be an interesting experience. So I might be pretty fucked up on the next podcast. I don't know. We'll just, we'll just have to wait. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see how it affects me. Yeah, Maybe I won't have it. to apologize as often. That would yeah, be... Like, I'm even nervous about my Soldier Boy rant because I love Soldier Boy. Like, I like him. I don't want people to think that I was being critical of him. Like, it was just a bit of fun, you know. See, that's the way the anxious mind works. You just want to pull everything back and avoid all kind of conflict. And then I edit it. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Element Podcast Network, it's been Digger Ditch. Hope you enjoy this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor of Fifth Element. I have been Ben Carter of Nothing Sydney, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just gonna have to say. Like, we're gonna have to fuck. We're gonna, oh god, we're gonna have to re- redo this intro and outro. Oh gosh, we're gonna have to switch everything up. I have to remove your fucking socials. Fuck you, bro. Alright, um, God, I just realised how much work I have to do now. Um, have just a, leave it for now. We'll just we'll see if we'll uh, just leave it. I might deactivate. Don't don't ask me to leave it. Cause, cause, it. Oh, fuck's sake, because now it's gonna be like three months of leaving it, and it'll be like, yeah, no, I, I delete it. All. So fuck, could have done this three I mean, months hip-hop ago. Hip hop numbers still, hip hop numbers still exist. Yeah, I know like, it it's still exists, out there. So. Alright, d- d- fuck it. This is this is an outside. Still have the log. It's a non wax argument. It doesn't matter. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Have a good week, which I always try and do the same, but until the next time. Take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is Pizza Mini Games for bonus points. Thanks to Charles Records for the ability to use. Socials for Fifth Element, maybe hit what by numbers, bonus points, and your records will be in the full show notes for everybody listening. This has been a Fifth Element Podcast Network, and maybe hit what by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in Digits. <laughs>